Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hi there, I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and I don't normally pop in with pre-intros before the guest intro, but there's a couple of things I wanted to know about this particular episode. There's such invaluable information regarding renting in New York City here, and my guest Kate is amazing and truly transparent about everything, but there will be a couple of interruptions, like her doggy Ralph trying to make a couple cameos, as well as her phone. So with that being noted... Here is our interview. Hey, everyone. On today's show, we have Kate Walters, who's a realtor in New York City with several years of experience in the industry, and who also created a highly popular Instagram account called NYC Then and Now that shows photos in various places within New York City from the past and as early as the 1800s and compares them to present-day photos. I'm very excited to welcome Kate. Kate, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this, too. Of course. Yes. No, I'm I'm the one. So um, we're talking today all things real estate and New York City, and I love to kind of just start with your New York story. Are you originally from New York? No. So I am a Midwest girl, through and through. Um, I've been here only about four years. So I have one of the classic tales of I grew up in the Midwest and dreamed really big and always wanted specifically to do real estate in New York City. Okay. It's just one of those things. So um, growing up, it was a far-fetched idea because um, I don't know if you're from, are you, where are you from? California, California originally, Los Angeles. Okay, so, yeah. okay. So that's more of like big city, big, but I grew up in Kansas. Mm. So, mm. you know, the idea of moving to New York seemed very far fetched and unrealistic, unless, of course, you had a job that transferred you or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I did not. So I just graduated college from University of Kansas, worked my booty off for about four years, quit my job and packed my bags and drove my car and moved here. <laughs> I love it. That's the best time to do it too. Like when you're just ready to go and you just finished. And yeah. So um, what was your major actually in in college? It was communications. And then I minored in psychology. So nothing to do with real Mm -hmm. estate or history, which if you're listening and you're in college, that should give you some hope. But really, you can do whatever. Exactly. Uh, I don't even want to get into college. But um, so you mentioned you liked you wanted to come to the city to do real estate. Like you already knew that. How did you even know that real estate was something you wanted to do? I don't know. Just growing up when I was a little kid, I think I watched a lot of HGTV and house Mm -hmm. hunters and it just always seemed like a really appealing career, but it was one of the careers that doesn't really have a straightforward way of getting Mm -hmm. into it. It's not like nursing school and you're a nurse. It's kind of like, I didn't even know where to begin. Same thing with moving to New York. I had no clue where to begin, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. So 
upon moving mm-hmm. here, I got an apartment, found a roommate, friend of a friend, didn't know her at all, didn't know a single person here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um got my real estate license, really just Googled how to get your real estate license in New York. Wow. <laughs> and how fast did that happen? That happened over the course of three months. And then I got it. And then I interviewed at a bunch of different firms. And actually, the real estate school set me up on all the interviews with all the firms. So that was one of the major questions I had was how do I even know where to work? Mm-hmm. And they have like in-house recruiters that will set you up with interviews. So you can choose the company you work for. And then the rest is history. I've been at the same company the past four years. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So yeah. and, and and the fact that you know, you, you got your real estate license that quickly. And then you were in a firm in a matter of no time. But mm-hmm. real real estate being that it's actually a career that most places don't provide a salary. Did you come prepared knowing that? Yes. So it's actually a really memorable conversation I had with my best friend when I got here, because I had spent, you know, my not all of it, of course, but I had spent my savings on getting to New York. It's not an easy transition to move halfway across the country to New York City and secure an apartment. And so I had like a finite amount of savings Mm -hmm. left. And the big risk with real estate is it's 100% commission. So Mm -hmm. my original plan was to get a different job and wait until I'm married and I have a second salary or something Uh coming in. And then I'll do it. But I was on the phone with my best friend. And she basically said to me, like, Hey, this is the time to do it. You have money saved. You have enough to start out, and you're not going to fail. That I know your personality is just not something mm-hmm. that would happen. And so I said, you know what? You're right. I would never just yeah. fail. But my big fear was, you know, you go through your savings, it's not working out, and I have to turn around and move back home, which would mm-hmm. be devastating. Mm-hmm. But luckily, that did not happen. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing! So you made it happen. You're a realtor. Mm-hmm. And overall, what was just your experience being in New York? When I first got here, it was very um, just different. Okay. Um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of adjustments to make. But I feel like anyone moving here, the amount of growth that occurs in you as a person and how brave you become and resilient you become. Yeah. And I used to live in this reality where I didn't want to go anywhere alone. I like to travel in Mm -hmm. groups and I love that here everyone's solo, everyone's doing their own thing. No one pays you any Mm -hmm. business. And I like that. And I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you just grow infinitely the moment you're here. And so whether you're here a year or the rest of your life, I think living in New York or a major city is a good experience for anyone to have. I have no plans of ever leaving. I absolutely love New York City more than anything in I the love world, that. which is why I started that Instagram. Uh-huh. But and we'll um, talk about that for yeah, sure. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, it was ups and downs in terms of there's a learning curve. Um, the, the city is very relentless at times, as you know, you live mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and, you know, it just takes a lot, especially when you're on your own, your family's not here. You just have to be mindful of that. Yeah. So what are some things that you like and dislike about New York City? I love, it sounds so cliche and it's what everyone says, but I love the energy of New York City. I like that when you step outside, it, you know, you're just entering a whole world every single day. Mm-hmm. You're never, when I lived in the Midwest and I feel like where you live a lot of different places in this country, you're in your car, you get out of your car, you go inside 
you go back out, you get in the car, and there's so little time spent walking outdoors amongst other people. And I just feel like my soul just likes that. Mm -hmm. Like I need that in my life. And I like that connection. And I like, you know, passing people looking at everyone's outfits and just being a part of a community and a society. It just feels much less isolated. And not to mention not having a car is a bonus as well. So much so. That's a huge. Yeah. yeah. And and just how you mentioned that your soul needed that, that was such the perfect thing to say because I relate to that the energy yeah. at the end of the day everyone always says the energy because it is a fact and until you live it and experience it and are in it then you don't 100% know it right and if you're just visiting a city it can be very overwhelming because you're in vacation mode you have a specific mm-hmm. amount of days you're here you're trying to pack it all in I think the experience of living in one and slowing down and just like you know, going outside and sitting on a park bench and reading mm-hmm. a book with your dog, you know, having an experience like that, where you're doing something, um, and you're just surrounded by, you know, the sights and sounds of the city mm-hmm. is just great. Yeah. I love it. Now, I would love to transition into what you mentioned earlier regarding creating the specific Instagram account called NYC then and now. Yep. How did the passion for um, the creation of that account happen? So When I moved here, I was really surprised by all of the history that's just so obvious and like Mm -hmm. all around you. Um, In the Midwest, it's not something you see a whole lot. There's some history, but it doesn't go nearly as far back as it does Mm -hmm. on the East Coast. And it's a really cool and fascinating juxtaposition between the buildings today and where Mm -hmm. our city is going and the so obvious evidence of the buildings from the past. I mean, there are so many mm-hmm. buildings here that were built in the late 1800s, the early 1900s. Yeah. And I just found it fascinating. And I used to stare at them and just think of all the different families and people that have lived in those buildings and looked out those very same windows and how the views have changed. And I just always found myself daydreaming about old New York. And I just became obsessed with it. <laughs> like, so did that, did that love come from being a realtor and seeing so many different buildings that you're just like, wow, like what's, what's the history behind this? I have to find out. And then that partially, I I think more so just, I'm just a curious spirit and kind of like an adventurous person. So when I moved here, um, as I was getting my real estate license, the main way I spent all of my time is walking everywhere, like places where people who grew up in New York city say they've never even explored Mm -hmm. and been to, like, I just love, wandering and observing the city and all the different neighborhoods um, because each neighborhood really is its own unique little world. And so I was doing a lot of that. And then real estate really is just what allowed me to begin the Instagram because I was Mm. constantly all over the city for work showing apartments. And it was very easy. And it is very easy for me to take then and now photos of the buildings, what they once were and compare them with today's. That's Mm -hmm. the concept of the account. And it's just easy for me to be out there doing that. I'm not in an office all day long. I'm out on my feet. I'm showing properties. And so it just, they blend really well together. But in terms of like the order, I would say the interest in history is kind of separate from love of real estate. And so how long ago did you create this account? I created it in May of 2017. Wow, that's fairly new. Fairly new. And um, I also was very clueless about growing a social media account. I know there's a lot of like tactics out there, like liking tons of other photos and being very engaged in the community. Mm -hmm. And 
I really didn't do anything like that. Really? So, no. Hang on. My dog is barking. Mm -hmm. Ralphie, stop. Sorry, he's a puppy. He's nine months old. (laughs) He sounds like a cutie. He's cute. He's a little baby golden doodle. But yeah, so, sorry, where where did we leave you, um, off? The creation of the account that, you know, you started in 2017 and you didn't really know how to, grow. Oh, just so perfect. the audience knows or the listeners, your account has about 40,000 followers. So that that's huge. I mean, it, it's a growing account and you only created it two years ago. So you were saying how you got into that? Yeah, so um, really I just... And it's just me. There's no team. I'm responsible for every aspect of the account. And I really just posted Mm -hmm. daily. I think that's a big thing. If you're someone that wants to start an Instagram and you think, oh, the internet's so saturated. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an Instagram and there's no way mine would get any traction. It really does. And my advice would be make your content unique and Mm -hmm. original. what I did on my account is it's an old photo of New York and then you swipe, you mm-hmm. use that swipe feature and the next photo is the now. And at the time I didn't see any accounts really utilizing mm-hmm. that swipe for a before mm-hmm. and after okay. concept at mm-hmm. all. And so I think that caught people's attention and it was just, you know, it's unique content yeah. and it grew kind of naturally. I think word of mouth, people telling their friends or tagging their friends and it's just consistently continued to grow, which is great because it's really just a hobby. So the fact that people enjoy my hobby is fantastic. But it's such gorgeous photos that you show that are before and after. I mean, just being able to see the evolution of that building from where it was in the 1800s to how sometimes it still identically looks like it today or it's changed so dramatically. Yep. Yep. It's, it's jaw dropping how much of the city is the exact same. And like you said, how much has Mm -hmm. changed drastically either for the better or the worse, but you know, New York city has always been a city of progress. There's always been drastic changes, especially like 1820 to 1860 Mm -hmm. cars, electricity, trains, like everything was invented. Mm -hmm. So people today get very anxious when they see photos of mine where there's a lot of change that occurred. Like if it's a shot of this gorgeous Gilded Age mansion and then you swipe and you see, you know, a bland office building, people usually leave comments that are pretty um, aggravated. Mm. They just don't like it and who would. But at the same time, I like people to remember that our city is one of progress and it's always been that way. And we're very fortunate to live in a time where we can even still see the past. Mm -hmm. I think in 50 years, we Mm. won't. My now pictures will become then pictures sooner than we realize. And so that's another aspect of doing this that I really love is I feel like I'm documenting the present in a unique yeah. way, just average evolutions. And so, yeah, and I really, really like that. Too. I love so, that. So where do you get these photos, Kate? Like, are you, <laughs> is that a secret? No, that's not a secret. And I will say that is my number one most asked question where I get the photos. So they come from all over the place. The vast majority Mm -hmm. are from the New York Public Library archives. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. have a fantastic collection of photographs from dating back to, you know, the mid 1800s, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And they're very well organized. And sometimes I specifically set out to take a now photo because I already have the then photo and I want to go to that exact spot. But other times 
I'll just be on the street and I'll look up at a building that's old and beautiful and I'll think, oh, I wonder if there's an old photo of this and I'll dig through the archives and find one. So, wow. Yeah. So it's, that's a lot of like digging. You, you got to know where you're going and, yeah. you know, otherwise you're going to get lost in so much. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And then, you know, sometimes you go to shoot the, the now photo and there's like an ugly van parked there or they just added the scaffolding or, you know, there's all these factors that you really can't um, take into consideration when you're planning or plan mm-hmm. for. So um, it really is fortunate that my job as a real estate agent is so free and I can wander the city so freely or else there's no way that Instagram would be possible really at all. Yeah. 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 So, so what are some things you've learned while creating this account regarding the city? Everything. Everything. I've learned everything. Yes. I'm just absolutely obsessed with this, the history of New York city. I think one of the biggest things I've learned about the city that I find really, really interesting is Mm -hmm. The grid system, I think that that's mm. fascinating how they mm-hmm. added this grid system. They added that before the city had even grown above Houston Street. The grid okay. was created. So they were planning for something that wasn't necessarily even going to happen. Oh, and steel wow. wasn't invented at this point. So they didn't realize that when the land... Mm-hmm. So in the past, they always just assumed that we would expand over to Brooklyn and Brooklyn would become the new Manhattan. It would become the major hub. It has way more land. That's where everyone's going to go. This in Manhattan will be a suburb. It's technically the fourth largest, like it could be the fourth largest state in the U.S. Brooklyn, it's so big. Brooklyn. Yes, exactly. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. Um, But then with the invention of steel, people prior to that didn't even think of the idea that we could build upwards. Mm. That just wasn't in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. When the Brooklyn Bridge was built, it was the tallest structure by far okay. in the city. And people were looking at it with this awe yeah. and wonder at how tall it is. Now it's like a dwarf yeah. compared to everything around it. So I think that's really cool. And I just really love the history of Manhattan being settled from the southern tip mm-hmm. north. So if you go down, if you're a history lover and you're visiting mm-hmm. New York, I highly suggest stay below Houston Street where the grid system is not. Mm-hmm. That is where you'll see the majority of very intact homes and buildings and the way the streets are lined up is the way they've been since the Dutch settled here. So forever. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing tip. That's awesome. Yeah. It's very cool. And then just even saying the street Houston, because I'm like Houston all the time. You're not yeah. a New Yorker, right? Until you actually say that uh, yes. name correct and say it again. Houston. Houston. So like house. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And um, regarding the photos that you have, I know you just mentioned you, you hit the library yourself and you're the one taking the photo. Do you have anyone actually sending you content um, at all or wanting? I recently... Not so recent, but last year I was getting so bombarded. It's not people sending me now photos. I take all of those myself and I pride myself mm-hmm. on that. But yeah, a lot of people cool. find old photos and they send them to me. They know mm-hmm. I would enjoy seeing them, which I do. Right. And then a lot of people also request, you know, their apartment building or their workspace or where their mm-hmm. grandma lived or, oh, you know, location mm-hmm. requests. But yeah. So I began a feature on the account. And it's a highlight on there where you can go 
click it in its location requests and you can submit a request mm-hmm. for like an intersection or a part of the city. And mm-hmm. I will go find a then photo and take the photo wow. for you and then tag you. You are kept busy throughout work and throughout your days off. That's so awesome. So you just explore in the city most of the time. That's all I do. <laughs> I just love it. Like that's how I spend all of my free time is just wandering the city. I just, I'm absolutely enamored by it. I love it. I love to hear the passion you have behind it. I mean, I think I'm passionate about it. That's why this podcast was created. But then I hear people like you. And this is why I want to speak to people like you. You know, everyone has this deep passion for New York and the city. Well, I wouldn't say everyone. Mm. You do come across some people who, you know, they were transferred here Mm. or it was never a part of their plan. Like it wasn't a life goal or they just look at it in kind of a different way. But I will say for every one of those type of people, you have someone like Mm -hmm. you and I who just is obsessed with it and loves it and just like could spend the rest of their life here. And those are the people (laughs) I'm looking to meet. So, um, Kate, I love to kind of transition a little more into the the real estate aspect. Um, Tell us a little bit about your position in real estate and what you focus on. You you do... um, Only residential. I don't do any kind of like commercial real estate. mm -hmm. Uh, I do rentals and sales, but mostly rentals just because... That is just what is a little bit more fast paced mm-hmm. and in demand where you need an agent yeah. quickly. So with rentals, how mm-hmm. that works, if you're interested in moving mm-hmm. here, I'll give you some tips. Perfect. You, you just put in the question <laughs> in, into yeah. motion. So please do. Gossip Nista here, dropping in to ask that you please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow along on Instagram at Gossipinsta Podcast to get even more up-to-date city insight. Lastly, don't forget to visit www.gossipnista.com and subscribe there so you can be notified of any new and exciting projects. Now, back to the show. Yes. So if you're planning on moving to New York City, I didn't want to intimidate you by saying, oh my gosh, it's so hard to get here. But it isn't one of those places where you can just show up and get an apartment fairly Mm -hmm. easily. The laws in New York are very much backing a tenant Mm -hmm. because we're trying to combat a homelessness problem. Mm -hmm. We want tenants and housing to be easily accessible and we don't want people being evicted left and right from greedy Mm -hmm. landlords. So Because of that, landlords make the application process more difficult than in other cities in America. Yes. Okay. Difficult in what sense? You'll let us know, right? Yes. So the only way it's really more difficult is just there's more paperwork. So for Mm. every single rental, you will need your most recent tax returns, at least from last year, sometimes the past two years. You would need your three most recent pay Mm -hmm. stubs. Two to three months of bank statements showing, you know, a revolving Mm -hmm. balance that covers, sometimes they want it to cover like six months Mm -hmm. rent so that, you know, you have that liquid. Other times they're just looking for, you know, a decent amount of your bank account. Okay. Your photo ID, landlord reference letters, sometimes they ask for, um, or proof of Uh payment that you have made payments on time. You can just show like a bank statement and highlight it. Uh 
and letter of employment that's dated in the past 30 days that says your salary, your job title, and how long you've been with the firm. And sometimes if it's a newer job, like six months or earlier, they will require that you get a co-signer. What it's called here is a guarantor. That's so, a lot of stuff. In terms just, of, just let me say. yeah, and that's just, that's just the big And if you had all of that, you would be solid. Like if you had all of that, you'd be over prepared. Mm-hmm. So don't get too scared off by that. A lot of landlords are less mm-hmm. strict, but that is what I prepare my clients with personally to have just in case. In terms of your income, you need to make 40 times the monthly rent. Mm-hmm. So if your apartment's $2,000, you need to make $80,000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And then if you don't, you need to get a guarantor or a co-signer, and they typically need to make 80 times the monthly rent. Wow. And these um, guarantors, they actually have to be within the tri-state area, right? They can't be someone back in California or, or Kansas, right? Um, not all the time. Some landlords do have that as a mm. rule. Um just because people in the tri-state area are easier to track down if they're behind mm-hmm. in rent, but not all the okay. landlords. So that's why an agent is incredibly useful. I even used one when I first wow. moved here is because I'm familiar with all the landlords, who's more strict, who's mm-hmm. less strict. I can look at your documents, where we're at. Are we a little short on income? Is your credit a mm-hmm. little off? And I know how to still get an apartment okay. for you versus you like a guess and check system on your end. So yeah, and it's also an incredibly fast paced market apartments rent in one two days, especially in the Mm -hmm. summer. So a lot of apartments don't even go up online because there's no time to even take the photos and post Mm -hmm. them. So it's really just something that an agent would be more knowledgeable of the inventory Mm -hmm. than someone just, you know, on their laptop looking at homes. And we would know how to get your application first in line and secure it when you're competing against, you know, five other people that Mm -hmm. want the exact same. Yeah, because they're competitive, the apartments again, like in the summer. Very, especially if it's, you know, a good location or a good price or a lot of square footage or, you know, not the sixth floor of a Mm walk-up building. If it's a great apartment and you know it's great, my best advice would be, Find an agent, have your documents already prepared. Mm-hmm. So the moment it comes out, you can show up with a check and take it off awesome. the market. Now, I <laughs> want to thank you for sharing all that. That was so much insight, great insight in regards to rentals. And there's more we're going to talk about, but I just want to take it back a notch and emphasize realtor versus broker. Um, so when, when we're talking agent, most people you know, are introduced to, to them in New York as a broker. You, you need a, a rental broker. What's the difference? Right. Like, there is there, there isn't one. I mean, it's like technical jargon. So a broker really isn't ever, if you're, we're going technical, a broker is a brokerage. So like I work for a okay. broker, like he owns mm-hmm. a brokerage and he has a bunch of agents working right. for him. So usually brokers are just more um, experience. They have more years under mm-hmm. their belt and deals and transactions under their belt. Um an agent is more of a salesperson working for a brokerage, but at the end of the day, it's one and the same. It's okay. one and the same. Okay. So, so you yourself don't actually have to have a brokerage license, which is... I have my um, real estate license. Right. So right. I would only require a brokerage license if I decided I want to open my own firm and name mm-hmm. it Walter Real Estate and right. I'm going to hire a bunch of agents. Then I would definitely need a broker license. Mm-hmm. But... Um, vast majority of real estate agents in New York City are not brokers because we mm-hmm. have no 
That's not my dream. That's not what I'm doing. But it's important to define that because I feel that's something that people ask when coming to the city. It's like, wait, what, what's a broker and why do I need one? And, 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 and yeah, you know, I'm sure everything. they're referencing what I am. I think they just are using, cause I think in other parts of the country, brokers just more across the board, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think they're just asking if they should use an agent and I will always, and not just because I am an agent, I will mm-hmm. always say yes, yes, yes. Because right. There are just so many nuances and so many different things like a condo versus a co-op and a rental building, yeah. just different right. things that you wouldn't know yeah. on your own. Yeah. And I want to know these things. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about them, but I want to emphasize first. So for having a broker, essentially the luxury of someone navigating you around the city, finding these great apartments for you, knowing how to get in with certain uh, landlords, you know, regarding all your applications. Um, mm-hmm. verifications and things there there does come a fee with a broker what's generally the percentage of a broker so it ranges it highly mm-hmm. depends on the property um mm-hmm. and the agents you're working with so oh, um yeah so in, in in short the easiest way to explain it is they range anywhere from no broker fee whatsoever mm-hmm. in those instances the landlord is offering some kind of incentive where they're paying me so mm-hmm. a lot of landlords do this. Um, mm-hmm. A vast majority of my clients request, hey, I would prefer no broker fee because who wants the upfront cost if you don't have mm-hmm. to pay it? And yeah. we focus their search on apartments where the landlord is currently offering, hey, I'll pay your broker. So that oh, way you can awesome. utilize the services of a broker and not have a fee. Yeah, so that's awesome. So if you're moving here and you are anxious about the whole process and you would like to work with an agent, but you're fearful of having to pay more upfront, <laughs> That's not always the case. Um, okay. That's good to know. That's not actually something I or m- most yeah. people had made transparent, um, it's but it's, so it's great not to know. Transparent. Yeah. Like it, that's the other reason New York City real estate's like the least transparent thing. And I think it's just because I'm from the Midwest and like we have mm-hmm. a different way of living. I, mm-hmm. I'll just, I'm an open book. I'll tell you anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is something that you should definitely know. Um, yeah, if you are willing, if you pay a broker fee, so hang on one second. Let me get him to stop barking. Hold on. So, um, broker fee. So, if the landlord is not offering the current incentive of paying a fee, uh, the it's on the agent what we mm-hmm. charge you mm-hmm. for the most part. So, I can charge anywhere between one month mm-hmm. of rent to fifteen percent of the mm-hmm. annual. Um, some apartments, though, are called exclusives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're condos, sometimes mm-hmm. they're co-ops, but those apartments will always have a 15% wow. broker okay. fee. So to ensure it ranges from no fee to one month fee to 15%. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on the type of apartment. So the way I always explain it to clients is I'll show you, I would prefer to show you mm-hmm. everything and show you all of your options so that at least at the end of the day, you can weigh you can weigh out the pros and cons. So if you really love an apartment and it's a 15% fee, but you're going to be there Mm -hmm. five years, it may be worth it to just pay that cost because you're so in love with the apartment versus just sticking with no fee. Yes, it saves you money up front, but it also limits Mm -hmm. your options and you're not seeing every single Mm -hmm. thing that's on the market. So if that makes sense. 
<laughs> it's kind of confusing. No, I know what you're saying, and I hope everyone else is. So you said there's exclusives, and then there's condos or just regular apartments, and then co-ops. And I think co-ops is where a lot of people get confused. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference in in, in that? Yeah. So condos and co-ops are what are their sales buildings. So people own those mm-hmm. apartments. So if you're renting an apartment and it's just a rental building, there's a landlord mm-hmm. and it's just your mm-hmm. standard rental. A condo or a co-op is something that someone lives in, they own, and they're subletting it mm-hmm. out to you. So it's a little bit of a different process. A co-op is owned by a corporation. Mm-hmm. So the landlord is a company. Oh. So, And then the people that own in a co-op are shareholders. Mm. They own shares of the company. So they don't own actual property. It's very confusing. (laughs) The main difference is a co-op has a co-op board. And a co-op board can say, yes, we would love for you to live in the building, or no, we don't want you to live here, based on an interview. So not even based on your qualifications. So you're interviewed. The process is a bit longer for a co-op or condo. Um, the applications are more elaborate and there's just more uh-huh. text. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, but the properties are more unique. Mm-hmm. It's a very, I, if you're new here and you're mm-hmm. renting, I would just say condos and co-ops in short are great options. If you have more time, if you're not on a deadline, like my lease ends at mm-hmm. the end of the month and mm-hmm. I need a place. If you have more time to look, because the application process takes like four to six weeks, and then you could be okay. declined, and then you're back yeah. to one. So if you have freedom of time, a condo or co-op is a great option. If you want a unique space, like unique finishes, unique floor plans, and someone owns it, so it's different than a rental, and you pay less mm-hmm. each month, but there usually is a broker fee attached to it and more application mm-hmm. fees. Rentals are just more straightforward, standard. We look at ten. 15 apartments in mm-hmm. one day, you have all of your documents ready, you're ready to go to the bank the moment we see one you like, we run to the bank, we get a check and we secure okay. the apartment and the check is the security mm-hmm. deposit. So you turn that in, the apartment is secured, they look at all your paperwork, then you're approved, you sign a lease and it's So that's done. the quickest so the transaction. Whole yeah, you're done in like 24, 48 hours from starting looking to you have the apartment, you have a move-in date, leases are signed, everything's mm-hmm. done. It, you could do it very okay. quickly. So that's what 99% of people do when they're renting. Mm, okay, that's good to know. That You have explained some things that I have not been able to get answered and that I'm sure many are going to appreciate regarding, um, you know, coming into the city and renting. And I I so easily can relate to that because I was so clueless moving here. And I had no, I, in other places I lived, I would look at apartments on Craigslist Mm -hmm. and I would just go see one and live there. And here it's just such a process. It's more like buying a home. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm I'm totally open to answer any questions about it. And I love helping people out because I was just there myself not too long ago. I remember. So, okay. Well, I appreciate that. We all do. So I'm going to continue on that quest briefly and just ask some, some common questions that most you know, people that are renting will have regarding New York. And uh, you can okay. tell me whether this is actually true or not and, and, and why. And, um, okay. but the first one is, um, so what are some of the most affordable areas to rent in the city? What borough, what areas? Okay, so any borough, but Manhattan, <laughs> okay. for the most part, is just, Manhattan is the most expensive 
by far. I mean, there are some places in Brooklyn, like Dumbo and Brooklyn Heights that are equally as expensive Mm -hmm. as Manhattan. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, Manhattan, you will pay more. Um, And for a variety of reasons, but Mm -hmm. one of the main ones, in my opinion, is that a lot of people work here. This is where they Mm -hmm. work. The commute is much better when you live in the city versus commuting in. Um, In Manhattan, where I would recommend looking, if you want to stay on the less expensive side, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, Upper East Side, which people don't think. They remember Gossip Girl. Of course. You know, that's where this name stems from, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) XOXO, I saw that. Uh Um, But yeah, Upper East Side is actually very affordable, like very affordable. Um, Lower East Side, East Village are affordable more so than the west side so east side Mm -hmm. if you really Mm -hmm. want to you could live chinatown two bridges those are very up and coming areas they're very cool now and they're less expensive so uh, those are also on the east side and then murray hill and kipps bay Mm -hmm. so upper east side murray hill kipps bay east village Mm -hmm. lower east side chinatown two bridges and then i'll also throw in financial district Wow, so, really? Financial district? Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, it, it's mostly for, um, so in, there's something in Manhattan called flex apartments. Mm-hmm. So if you're new and you're looking online, you'll see a lot of flex two or convertible two. And I remember thinking, what does that I've even I've never mean? even come across that, so please share. Yes, it means that it's a one bedroom that they're allowing you to build a wall mm-hmm. and create a second bedroom. Mm-hmm. So there are companies here and that's all they do. There's companies like wall to wall and like all these companies that they just go around the, and build walls for people. So those are- Wow. Cool. That was actually one of the questions I had for you. So so you're kind of clarifying it right here. There's That's a good question to ask any apartment you essentially want to rent and want more space in if you can build a wall. Yep. You can say, yep. And do you allow full walls? Some will let you build a wall and it can't go to the ceiling or it needs plexiglass between- the top and the ceiling and like a 12 inch gap. There's all these different wall policies. Mm. Some landlords, there's no walls at all. That's actually vast majority. But in Murray Hill, Kipps Bay and financial district, there's actually tons of flex buildings that allow Mm. not only walls, they allow full walls. So it's a real bedroom and they could even have its own closet and its own window where it really feels exactly like a real bedroom. It doesn't feel like a living room that's been cut in half and one part of the living room doesn't get any sunlight. So um, financial district. And the reason why a lot of people are drawn to those is because you're paying the price of a one bedroom, splitting it in two because you have a roommate. Right. And it's just way more affordable than a true two bedroom. Exactly. So Yes, this is, that is so nice. much good details for people. So much, I'm sh- I'm sure everyone's <laughs> going to be so grateful. Thank you, Kate. Um, okay, just so a couple more uh, good questions to ask if you're renting um, that people should ask that you recommend they ask is how noisy is the building and them coming back at night to check out the area. Absolutely. So there's something in New York called fair housing. I think it actually might be all over the country. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I've only been an agent here, but fair housing is essentially. Agents, I can't say, if you were to look at me and ask, like, is this a safe area? Mm -hmm. I legally can't answer that. Mm -hmm. I can't steer you in a certain direction. I can't even say something like, tons of college kids live here. It's really Mm -hmm. young or like, it's a lot of families. Like, I'm not allowed to. 
So if I'm at... Sorry to interrupt. You can't mention there's block parties on the street at night. (laughs) I don't know about... I think, see, that's kind of a smart way. And that's kind of how I skirt around the question Mm -hmm. is I say, I highly recommend you come back at all different times of day in the morning, at night, and just observe for yourself Mm -hmm. what you see. Mm -hmm. So it's just a way of saying like, I I really can't tell you the demographic of the people that live here, but you're more than welcome to observe it. And I would recommend that because some buildings may seem lovely. And then you go back at night and there's people throwing up and there's like bars, like noise, like crazy. And you're like, okay, this would be way too loud for my lifestyle. I go to bed very early. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to live here. Yeah. So Absolutely. Check it out at night. But a quick mm-hmm. uh, little life hack mm-hmm. is if you're living um, in a, if you're looking at a building in an apartment, you always listen to see when you're looking at the apartment, if you can hear the outside traffic. A lot of clients mm-hmm. forget to do that. Okay. But I would recommend always, you know, keeping that at the top of your list of things to do. Mm-hmm. And then if there is a lot of outdoor noise, what I would recommend is if you have a fan of some kind, mm-hmm. even your air conditioner, mm-hmm. turning it on at night and that white noise 100% drowns out the outdoor, mm-hmm. like the street noise. Okay. My first apartment, I was overlooking Mulberry Street, oh, wow. which is, yeah, which is very busy at times. And I would just turn my fan on and I wouldn't hear a single thing. Okay. So, But I'm sure you smelled yeah. great things too, like pizzas and pasta in Little and Italy. Um, yes, and this guy played the accordion outside oh my, my window gosh. every time. I love it. It's like it was being a- in Italy. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's another place I will recommend looking if you're moving to New York City is Little Italy. It's not a neighborhood people talk about much, mm-hmm. and it's kind of this like really unique little, like, like I don't even know how to describe it. It's three blocks long. It's one block. And no one really thinks to live there. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a great location. It's like yeah. the secret pocket of good deals. Like you can get a really inexpensive apartment there and you're right in the thick of things. Gosh, so, I would love that area. Yeah. And I would be fat too, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the next one is, is there an elevator in the building? Tell me how, what's the ratio? I mean, I'm sure you don't know this off the top of your head, but there's a lot of buildings that don't have elevators in New York, unless you're paying the price for them, right? Correct. And that's because they were built prior to the invention of elevators. So um, or a lot of these tenements weren't built with the idea of how we're living today in mind. It was more like immigrant families packing in. They were low income housing. It, it just wouldn't make sense ever for there to be an elevator. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like vast majority of the buildings downtown, if you're looking within a certain price range, won't have an elevator. Mm-hmm. And so when clients are talking to me and I'm, you know, getting their specifications before we go out looking at apartments, one question I always ask is, do you care if it's a walk up? Mm-hmm. Um, And some will say yes, and some will say, no, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And the advantage of living in a walk-up building, especially on one of the higher floors, Mm -hmm. is the apartments are drastically less expensive than an elevator building Mm -hmm. or a low floor in a walk-up building. Mm -hmm. So what I say to clients, I say, hey, look, you get better light on a higher floor. You're farther away from the street, so it's less noise. Mm And you're at a point in your life right now, you don't have a stroller, you know, you're, you're young, you can do the climb. If you ever, yeah, if you're ever going to save money and live on a high floor of a walk-up building, 
this is the time of your life to do it. And also, if location is very important to you, mm-hmm. and more so than, you know, and a lot of other factors, being open to a walk up is crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, really. One thing I do want to note, the con side of it is if you do choose to live in a walk up, there will be literally a lot of walking to do you would have walked from the subway to your home on rainy days growing um, carrying groceries up six flight of stairs. I mean, it's a grind. It's 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 a hustle and, and definitely for someone just young. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say. yes, yes, yes. And the, if you travel a lot, that is the one client where I'm like, it would never work for you. I mean, groceries, you could potentially get them delivered or like go more often and have smaller loads. I don't know. But with, if you travel a lot, there's really no way around dragging your suitcase up and down. And laundry. And and, and laundry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have mine picked up and delivered. Oh, Most places don't see, put laundry. These in things you're, you're saying, I've heard this, this is a commonality. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. New Yorkers are like grocery deliveries and laundry yep. pickups, and this is making life easier. Yep. Yeah, and that's one of the main like questions and concerns I had when I moved here because I was so used to jumping in my car, going mm-hmm. to Target, loading up the trunk, and mm-hmm. driving home. And I just didn't even understand how people lived here. Okay. Like, I really didn't get I'm like, how do you get your groceries? Mm-hmm. How do you do anything? Mm-hmm. And I will say, New York is a functioning city, fully functioning. It's been like this forever. And there's a solution for everything. So when I first moved here, I went to Home Depot and I bought a trash can. And I remember having so much anxiety because I was like, how am I going to get this thing home? I can't carry it onto the subway. I'm too scared to hail a cab because I just got here. And I don't want to take my hand out and be that confident. So Mm -hmm. I was really nervous, like going through Home Depot with this trash can. And then at checkout, they said, do you want like... He was monotone. He said, do you want us to deliver this? It's free. And oh, I my said, gosh. Oh, you can do that? And he said, yeah, we do it for like anything that's big like this. And I said, yes, of course. And he said, okay, it'll be there in two hours. What? <laughs> wait, like, wait, okay. what? Target does that? Well, this was Home Depot. Oh, Home yeah, Depot. the one I did. Mm. So I will say like anything, like if you have like any like reservations, like I don't know how I would do that or I don't know like how I would live. There there's already a solution. Like we're all making it work. It is kind of more of a pain at times. Like I walk to Trader Joe's and carry my groceries home like half a mile, mm-hmm. which you do in the Midwest, yeah. but or anywhere else. But um, it, it works. I mean, you can totally do it. People are living here doing it every day. So thank you for saying yeah. that. If not, you got to get comfortable. If you're not going to get them delivered, you're going to have to get comfortable carrying them around and then maybe even Pushably, possibly pushing one of those stroll carts that everyone has, right? Is that you know? I, I just admitted to my coworkers. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Two days ago, I said, "Guys, you know what? I'm buying one of those old lady carts." <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like, right? It does. And they said, one of them said, "You know what? My best friend has one. He's trying to get rid of. You can have it for free." Because I looked online, they're mm. actually kind of expensive. Really? They're like sixty bucks. Mm. But you know what? My pride is out the door. I hate lugging my groceries home. I had a bag break on me the other day in the middle of the street and I was like mortified. And so I was like, you know what? I'm buying one of those carts. I'm using it just for groceries and I don't care what anyone thinks. You shouldn't. Nope. It's New York. No one looks at you. No one cares what you're doing. It's one of the, you asked earlier what one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. about living here. And it's not only the energy and that people operate so independently. It's really that you're free to do whatever you want and no one's looking at you sideways mm-hmm. in the least. 
books. You can eat dinner by yourself, go to a movie by yourself. I sit at outdoor cafes and I read a book, you know, with my dog laying there. And I am never self-conscious ever because really no one pays you any mind. Everyone has their own life and their own. Everyone's so busy and you can just really be yourself here more so than really anywhere I've ever been. I agree. So 200% agree with that. And um, touching on a little more of a creepy, um, um, (laughs) you know, question is um, you should ask any place you're renting, what is the apartment building's bed bug history? As well as rodents and insects. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that is the thing here is for it? sure. Which, which I personally, I've dealt with all of it except for personally bed bugs. Oh my gosh. So bed bugs aren't something even your agent would have any awareness of until we get to a lease signing, really. So mm-hmm. unless it's like my exclusive and I work directly with the landlord to get the apartment rented out, if I'm working with you, I'm going to all these buildings just like you. I don't know the history of bed bugs in every single building. So but you can't we'll ask, get to- and they have to disclose yeah, it, right? Uh huh. Every single lease you sign, there's a bed bug rider, and every single lease you sign, and that's when it's disclosed to you um, the history of the bed bugs for the past year, if there has been any history, if they've been eradicated. And I've only had it one time where there was a history of bed bugs in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, for any of my clients, okay. which is great. That's great. Um, yeah. Rodents, a thousand percent a thing here. What's um, more common? Would you say cockroaches, rodents? Yep, both, both, both. Um, actually, cockroaches aren't as common as you would think. When mm-hmm. I lived in Texas, there was drastically more cockroaches down there. Um, mice, okay. definitely prevalent. Uh, I paid a company mm-hmm. upon moving into my apartment to seal it. And they just came in, they spent five hours, they cocked up every single little hole. Uh-huh. And I didn't even know if there was mice in the building. I just was being cautious because at the end of the day, these buildings were built in 1900, some right. of them. Cautious. And there's going to be mice. It's New York City. And so if you just are proactive yeah. and before you move in, you seal it, it's not something that you'll have to deal with. But when I first moved here, my first apartment, my roommate and I had a mouse mm-hmm. in the apartment. It really scared me. I like go in the bedroom and like I remember just shoving clothes like under the door and being so <laughs> freaked out. And then um, an exterminator came in and got it. But <laughs> yeah, oh don't live on the first floor if that's something okay. that wow. um, would bother okay. you. I just think the first floor. I just think it's. I don't know if it's just a rumor, but I doubt it. I mean, like a lot of people just say first floor. It's more prevalent to have mice and rodents. Because they're just it's just easier to get in yeah they're walking in the door from from the front door so no basement either you know how the brownstones have no basement you can if you I mean you save a lot of money living on the first floor and in the basement for that very reason a lot of people just refuse to so in a walk up the highest floor the Mm -hmm. lowest floor is the way to go um if you want to save money and I would just definitely get it sealed just to be on the cautious side still a city at the end of the day yeah these this is I mean great things to know but not to have so thanks for sharing that um so I'm kind of gonna wrap it up a little and just ask a final question here um should you ask if the building is rent stabilized and who's paying for utilities is that even something to ask and whether you know amenities are included and great questions great great Mm -hmm. great questions so 
if it's an amenity building with like an elevator, a doorman, a gym, some buildings will charge an amenity mm-hmm. fee. It's never anything too crazy, mm-hmm. but it could be paid monthly or like annually. Mm-hmm. And a lot of buildings, there is no amenity fee. And that's something your broker should specify when you're looking at the apartment. Okay. How much um, are fees generally, would you say, like a range? Fully depends on the building and like, I've seen some extreme amenities. One building I just recently toured had an indoor dog obstacle course. You know, like they're competing with each (laughs) other with amenities. So it depends on what all they're offering. But um, I would say, you know, 200 annually or something like that. It really ranges a lot. Um, Utility-wise, something really awesome about New York Mm -hmm. is heat and hot water are included Mm -hmm. 99% of the time. So you don't have a water bill, which is great. Okay. But and, but the, do you get hot water is the question. Is that a problem? I've never had that be a problem. Okay. I yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely you get hot water. Like I said, New York City takes care of its tenants. Um, if you weren't to get hot water, that's just a standard of living. And, whoa, sorry, no, my dog okay. again. <laughs> but it's just they take good care of their tenants and they just would – always make sure that you are comfortable and have heat and hot water. It's on your landlord if you don't, and you can file in a complaint with 311 and they would get it resolved, hopefully pretty quickly. Wait, so you said this key word that I, I was going to mention next, and it's 311. That is something that yeah. people who live in New York, who are moving to New York should know. Can you tell us what 311 is? 311 is like the most amazing thing that even have an app. It's basically just New York City's, I don't even know how to describe it, like community um, line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like a, mm-hmm. like the same as like a like, complaint hotline. Yeah, kind of like a complaint hotline. So if there's a guy on your street corner every day that's harassing you and he seems to be, you know, on drugs and homeless, you can file a complaint and they'll take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. If you see rats running across your street all the time because trash is left out and it's not getting picked up, you can file a complaint. And I have filed complaints um, before because we did have a rat problem down my street. There was construction going on and the crew mm-hmm. wasn't picking up. And at night when I was walking oh, home, wow. I was like walking in fear because rats were like darting across the street every single yep. second. I was terrified. And so I complained on 311. And that's not really my personality. I'm not like a Yelp review mm-hmm. type girl, but I did mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And within one day, it was picked up and there was a sign that said like, this area is off limits, no dumping allowed here. And it was one day later. That's a huge turnaround. I, I was surprised, honestly. But yeah, it's monitored. It's taken very seriously. <laughs> And yeah, it's great. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Kate, you have shared a wealth of knowledge that, again, <laughs> many will be forever grateful for. Um, is um, there anything that I may have missed that you'd like to share? Additionally from that, you know, please do let everyone know where they can find you, follow you and learn more. Yeah. So my Instagram is um, at NYC period then and now. So I would love if you followed. It's um, ever growing. And so it's very exciting to see like all the different things that people send me ideas and stuff all the time. Like I should do a YouTube channel and all these things. So definitely yeah. follow me on there. And then, um, my contact information is listed there too. If you're moving to the city or you already live here and you're looking mm-hmm. for rent or buy, I also do. Mm-hmm. So. We didn't really get too much into that, but it is 
a major part of my job as well. So if okay. you're looking for rent or buy, definitely use me as a resource, even just to bounce some questions off of. I'd be more than happy to help you out and answer them and help you find a home and make New York City, you know, a place that you're comfortable living. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. You, you are literally across the board, like a wealth of knowledge and everything from the history to, you know, residential sales to rental sales and so much knowledge. Um, is, is there one last final thing you would give um, advice to someone moving to New York? What, what would that be? Don't let the city discourage you. Mm. Um, it's just the nature of living here. You will run into some things. Um, the apartment I had in Little Italy actually burned down while I was oh, living wow. there. Oh um, a fire broke out around 7 a.m. from someone smoking a cigarette out back. And Were you okay? Was everything okay? Everything was okay. Everyone survived. I think only a cat died, but mm-hmm. it, it was a major fire. Um, it came in through the second story window, and then the girls living in that apartment ran out their front door and left their front door open. So mm-hmm. then the way the building was set up is the fire traveled up the stairwell almost like a chimney. It acted as a mm-hmm. chimney. So it spread wow. through the whole building. So I woke up to smoke alarms going off and like thick black smoke filling my yeah. living room. And I was terrified. I used the fire escape and, you know, the fire climbed up the ladder and saved us. So it was very intense. And like, I was displaced for a few months. And mm-hmm. you know, so my tip would be one, have renters insurance here, no mm-hmm. matter what I had it. And I don't even know what would have happened if I didn't have it. And then two, don't let something like that like break you or think to yourself, oh, New York City's too hard. It's too tough. Like I'm going to give up and move somewhere else. Stick with it. The positives of living in New York, the opportunity and like just everything about living here just so greatly outweigh any negatives that will definitely occur. So just stick through the hard times and like really enjoy the good times would be my biggest advice. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that. And it's the perfect note to end on. Kate, thank you so much. I have been so grateful to have you on the show and learn all this that you shared. I appreciate your time and what you do and the knowledge you're sharing. And we will talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Gossipista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossipista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at Gossipista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.